cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, uh, you know, today we're going to be talking about uh, the COVID origins. Everybody's talking about that. And uh, we're going to also talk about the Arizona election fraud. And we're also going to talk about Trump's new economic plan and some of the uh, things that are um, starting to develop between Hmm. Well, I don't want to say between DeSantis and Trump. Uh, I want to say it more like uh, just developing in the political sphere, on the particularly on the Republican side. And, you know, Fox News plays a part. And there's just a couple of good commentary and good points that I want to share with you. And... Uh, and so that's where we are with that, you know. Um, so let's start off with the COVID, uh, the COVID origins. Um, we were all told we were conspiracy nut jobs, and that uh, this was just, you know, a, just a, a big joke, right? That uh, people didn't believe us. Uh, you take Jimmy Kimmel, uh, Nicole Wallace, all these different people, right? They all, they all just made fun of us. Right. They just made fun of us. Like, take a listen to Jimmy Kimmel. It's also pushing U.S. intelligence to find evidence for this theory that the virus was accidentally released from a lab in Wuhan. That's his new angle to feed the wingnuts, uh, to treat this virus like it was a conspiracy of some kind. It should have never happened. This and that's Trump. plague should never have happened. It could have been stopped. But people chose not to stop it. <laughs> what people? Tomorrow he'll blame the Spanish flu on Antonio Banderas. Yeah, so the joke's on Jimmy Kimmel, right? But there were all kinds of news outlets that were also saying the wrong thing. And then three years later, after all these people have been lost their livelihoods, lost their relationships, have committed suicide... Um, they were given the wrong advice everywhere you turn. And nothing for nothing, but the people that were advancing, the people that took control of this, Dr. Fauci, 
also has origins into the with AIDS. He was the inventor of the AIDS vaccine or the AIDS uh, shot that they experimented with in Africa. And from Africa, it spread around the world. And you could make the same argument that the way this COVID spread, it spread through Europe, particularly in Italy, uh, because Italy has a huge China Chinese influence. And they opened travel, where Trump closed travel from China immediately and was chastised by it, was was uh, mistreated by it. Uh, remember Nancy Pelosi was in Chinatown in San Francisco and says, come to Chinatown. That Trump, don't be like Trump. Trump is a xenophobe. So there was all of that. We forget so much, but it, all of that was going on. And the same thing held true with the Russian hoax. And how about the 51 intelligence officers that lied? And that Hillary Clinton didn't get busted. You know, Anthony Weiner didn't get busted with his laptop. Jeffrey Epstein, who's on that stupid list? I want to know, who killed Jeffrey Epstein? All of this corruption in government. So when we take a look at Arizona today and the uh, the uh, cartel, what is it called? It's called the... Um, it's called the Sinaloa Cartel. Proud member of the Sinaloa Cartel is Katie Hobbs herself. So we have, and then we have Fox News playing games because Paul Ryan runs, runs uh, has a lot of muscle over there because he brings in a lot of money. You know, I had a friend go into this uh, Tenoa. It's a globalist PR firm <laughs> up in the uh, Freedom Tower. I had a friend go to the event, took a picture of Paul Ryan hobnobbing with all these super elite. And he is nothing but a globalist. The behind the scenes stuff that he does is so disgusting, Paul Ryan. And Fox News, all they can do is talk about DeSantis. Now, I like DeSantis. I think he's good. But but Trump, Trump has earned it and deserves it. And like I said, I, I, I said, I think yesterday, these polls came out and showed that Trump beats the crap out of DeSantis in a one-on-one race. But when DeSantis goes against Biden and when Trump goes against Biden, somehow the same post, pollsters have Biden beating Trump, but Biden losing to, but, but DeSantis beating Biden. So... You know, so again, Trump beats DeSantis in the primary, according to the poll. But DeSantis beats Biden in the general election. But Trump loses to Biden. In the, there's no way that Trump's losing to Biden. Trump never lost to Biden. There was nothing but election fraud going on there. Biden couldn't fill six circles. Biden can't spell his name. Biden is the biggest racist joke, liar, plagiarizer that we've ever seen in office. And he continues to fail on magnificent proportions, but really is it failing? When they open the borders, really aren't they just importing voters? Um, they're, invo- they're importing registrations. 
See, when they open the borders, they're importing registrations, and they turn the registrations into ballots. Then they mail the ballots out without you asking whether you should you want your ballot mailed to you or not. And the ballot gets mailed out and then picked up by a harvester and submitted as a Democrat vote, which is why a guy like Biden can get an 85% turnout when naturally he has no enthusiasm. He would only get like a 35% turnout of just the hardcore Democrat voters that would vote for, you know, a hyena if a hyena was running as a registered Democrat. So it doesn't matter who the man is, just the D beside their name. And they promise to actually destroy America. They'll get the vote from the Democrat Party. But that's, they're not getting 85% turnout because they're not voting, they're not campaigning to appeal to the voter. They're, they have an engine in place, fortified and financed by globalists that show up at, Every World Economic Forum meeting, the Black Rocks and the vanguards of the world, and all the money, Bill Gates' money, Warren Buffett's money, they all put money into the system that is rigged for them. And they give the money to the Democrat campaigns. They even get you to donate. Donate to Ukraine, and then Ukraine's money ends up with FTX controlled by a guy named Sam Bankman-Fried that's given all of his money, billions, to the Democrat Party. But that's not even enough. They can't win with just that. They got to actually go with the drug cartels. And I've been saying for years, I've been saying for many years, don't think, and I've said this and you know it, if you could just think back, for the people that have been listening to me for a while, I've been saying that the drug cartels have their own lobby right down there on K Street in Washington, D.C. You know it. They're run like a business. You know, um, thir- uh, the uh, 13 gang, right? By the way, yesterday I forgot it was, it was Tom Cotton, not Josh Hawley when I was forgetting uh, names. MS-13 is the name I'm thinking of now. So, you know, that gang, just like just like ISIS, right? And this is, this is, again, this is something you don't hear elsewhere, but you do hear it here, that ISIS was a mercenary group paid by America interests. And they were guarding the oil out of Iraq because nobody was in control of Iraqi oil when we overthrew Iraq. We didn't really have a great exit strategy, but we were running that oil into Europe through Syria and Turkey and through Egypt and Libya into Africa. And that's why we overthrew Mubarak in in Egypt. That's why we murdered Gaddafi. That's why we um, went after um, Syria and the Assad family. And that's why we declared Russia as enemy number one, because Russia and Syria are the best allies. They've been allies since the 70s, strong allies. And Turkey uh, is somewhere in the middle. They're part of NATO, but they're, they're flaky. 
They are not fully engaged with NATO. But in any case, they're very corrupt. And, you know, they, they were willing to, to, to collect a toll, to run oil through their uh, land. And people like Lindsey Graham and John McCain and Mitt Romney and Kofor Black and, you know, all these characters were, were getting rich. Well, the same thing is true. You could see, uh, remember when um, Mexico had a president, President Nieto? Nieto and Nancy Pelosi were hanging out all the time. And these cartels had a really solid business. They were using, instead of ISIS, like we were just talking about, they were using MS-13 as their mercenary group to keep law and order. And by law and order, I mean when they were running their drugs through our country, somebody had to be the strong arm to make sure that the deals weren't being stolen. You know, the, like in a casino, someone's taking a whole bunch of chips and putting them in their pocket. You know, you die, people die for that stuff. That's the way it's done on the streets. So, yeah, the, all that stuff was going on. The, lob, the cartels are highly organized, like a real business. People don't understand that. And they have a law enforcement of their own. It's not the San Diego police or whatever. It's, a, it's, it's the MS-13 gangs. And they have a code of conduct. And they may look like a street gang or they may even wear suits. But they have a lobbying arm. They pay money to politicians. And they even enforce there's, there's. Uh, if you listen to the testimony out in Arizona, there was l- threats on people's lives, slashed tires, and rigged systems, where your life is in danger. These are the cartels, at every level. It's like a mob, but only richer than any mob that you've ever seen play out in the movie, richer than The Sopranos, but as effective at killing people, coercing people. And saying, if you want you know, your child to grow up, you will play this ball. So it's a dirty business. But it is the business that has happened. And you wonder, why in the world did, will people stop at nothing to gain this power? Like, why did Katie Hobbs want to be governor so badly that she had to, she had to actually tarnish the integrity of American justice and, and re- rely on drug cartels? and illegal Mexican cartels to help her win. How? Why? Well, uh, because the corruption knows no bounds. Pennies on every dollar spent is going to make you very rich. Let's take a listen to... Well, let's actually get into that a little bit because we're going to get back to uh, COVID here in a minute. But um, I got three stories I'm working on, right? Arizona election fraud, COVID origins, and the Trump agenda. And uh, let's see, we started off with the uh, Wuhan lab. Let's stick with that before we get over to Arizona. And we're going to go ahead and do that. Now, let's, so here's what Trump had to say at the time. 
And my question is, have you seen anything at this point that gives you a high degree of confidence that the Wuhan Institute of Virology was the origin of this virus? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. And I think that the World Health Organization should be ashamed of themselves because they're like the public relations agency for China. And this country pays them almost $500 million a year. And China pays them $38 million a year. And uh, whether it's a lot or more, it doesn't matter. It's still, they shouldn't be making excuses when people make horrible mistakes, especially mistakes that are causing hundreds of thousands of people around the world to die. And my question is... And die they did. But, you know, what what's disturbing is the people that were behind the control of this whole deadly response because I think that the response was deadlier than the actual virus and the people that were in charge Bill Gates and and the World Economic uh, folks over at the World Economic Forum the WHO all these globalists they all want to reduce the world's population they all want to move populations uh, and they will all want to uh, use this term climate change see they're using climate change to shut down manufacturing in 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 first world countries like in the west because people's standard of living is so expensive that manufacturing is really a futile effort because no one could really afford to pay you know 35 dollars an hour for um a manufacturer when you can get that for about five dollars a day either in the Congo or or in China or in India. Um, so it's, it's, it's an, why fight it? So they're shutting down manufacturing in America and they're using the Paris Accord as uh, agreement as an umbrella saying that, and that's sort of why it is that China maintains and keeps their status as a developing nation. See, they keep their status as a developing nation because there are there are entitlements and rules associated with that status. Now, everybody knows that China is not a developing nation, right? But they're declaring them so because they want to exploit China's manpower and manufacturing prowess. And they can't rightly do that if China doesn't have that designation as the developing nation. You see what I mean? So they have to keep on putting that label. It's just a word. It means nothing in reality because it's all a lie. But China has got this status that enables these lying monsters, these globalists, these green initiative people, these climate people, to actually push manufacturing to where it benefits China. They don't have to comply for twenty thirty till twenty thirty. Meanwhile, America has to comply right away. What does that mean? That means that we're gonna go ahead and export all of our manufacturing to China, which is exactly what the goal of the Paris Agreement is. Exporting our manufacturing so we're dependent on an adverse en- enemy. Adversary. Well, where does that make any sense? How is that good for American first policy? 
It's not. It's going to blow up in your face when you're that dependent on that supply chain that could very well be your enemy. Think about that. And that's exactly why it is that China is keeping that status. And they get that business. Because they're okay. The same people that will say, people can't live on less than $18 an hour. Minimum wage should be 18 15 whatever. Right away, you know, naturally, the recurrence is going to be automation. There's going to be a bot making your hamburger. You're going to pull it out of a kiosk. You're never going to speak to a person again at the fast food place. But, you know, the idea is just what I just said. So they're, they're, they're controlling, they're moving all these people to cities. They're buying up all the rural land to control the food supply. They want to box all of you, corral you into a high-rise apartment in the city. And they want to then control that corral like they're doing in England. Well, these 15-minute sections of the city, they call it where you have to get a license to even drive out of your box and to go to another neighborhood. You get a credit. And then they're going to Wi-Fi everything so that they could turn your uh, machines, your, your dishwashers and washer machines and dryers off and on and give you the right to use it or not use it. You'll have a carbon footprint. And if you exceed it, you'll, you'll pay a tax. It'll be uh, connected with your Amazon purchases. If you're buying stuff that's going to have a carbon footprint tax, if you buy a burger at the restaurant, it's going to be a little extra on the tax than if you bought a a piece of lettuce. And it's just going to go on like that. But they're pushing this manufacturing to slave labor to better utilize the the, the manpower in India and China, which is, in essence, and they're never going to tell you to your face, but it's going to become a commodity like slave labor. Meanwhile, what are we going to do here with all the automation? And so they're even going to groom you. And I'm I'm actually a fan of four-day weeks, but they're they're going to be pushing for four-day weeks. They've already done trials in England, and it worked. And they're going to be pushing that. Because say what you want about Andrew Yang, but back in 2016, he was talking about this way ahead of the curve on this. You know, when you have these automatic semis, trucks, and you have these robots making your fast food, and you have these kiosks and all these different things, you don't need, people don't need the, you know, people are going to be replaced with these robots and automation and artificial intelligence and GPS maps and all kinds of stuff. So it's going to be a little crazy. All right, so back to the origins. It was Tom Cotton that got it right the first time. Let's take a listen. They also claimed for almost two months until earlier this week that it had originated in a seafood market in Wuhan that locals had contracted it from animals in, say, bat soup or snake tartare. That is not the case. The Lancet published a study last weekend demonstrating that of the original 40 cases, 14 of them had no contact with the seafood market, including patient zero. 
As one epidemiologist said, that virus went into the seafood market before it came out of the seafood market. We still don't know where it originated. Could have been another seafood market. Could have been a farm. Could have been a food processing company. I would note that China, or that Wuhan also has China's only biosafety level four super laboratory that works with the world's most deadly pathogens to include, yes, coronavirus. And by the way, Elon Musk weighed in on this and was uh, chastising Twitter for censoring everybody that would try to make that claim and got censored and deplatformed. Now we know we learned that we're right. Uh, by the way, that what you just heard was from February 2020. All right. And here's what DeSantis said. DeSantis going against Trump. This is what he had to say. He's weighed in on it. Spin different narratives and corporate America largely bought those hook, line and sinker. Um, you know, they were they said that lockdowns would stop the spread, that it was false. They said mat cloth masks would stop the spread. That was false. They said school closures were somehow no big deal, that kids wouldn't miss a beat, uh, and they were wrong about that. They said MNRA vaccines would mean you would not get COVID if you took the shot. They were wrong about that. They denied the existence of things like natural immunity for people that had recovered from COVID. They were wrong about that. And they lampooned and ridiculed anybody who said that this uh, this COVID came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And they were wrong about that because we know it did come from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So when you have narratives and a current thing that's always put out there, and then you have all these powerful corporations adopting that and then imposing that, you know, in some respects, they're exercising public power. Uh, they're exercising power over our society by colluding uh, to to enforce that current thing. Now, DeSantis has been on the move. He's got his book coming out, I guess, today. Uh, he's got um, Fox News covering him favorably. He's got funding. He's got uh, he's weighing in on COVID. He's got the Disney thing going on, right? He's having a big win with Disney. He's got his big win with his book. He's got the weighing in on COVID said all the right things there and I agree with him a thousand percent there but I still support Trump because I think I don't think that the left or the rhinos or the globalists or the neocons should be dictating to Americans who should be elected I'm getting really sick and tired of this constant uh, news censorship and narratives and psyops and this just all these mind games, you know, of this biasy in your reporting. And so it's it's you know it's something that we uh, have to be concerned about. And just to, before I get off of the DeSantis thing and go back to the COVID origins, and then we're going to get to Arizona. Um, I want to play uh, this clip from um, um, Patrick Bet David. This is what he had to say here. 2016, when Trump won, what did he have? He had Twitter. He had Facebook. He had YouTube. He had Fox. He had CNN. He had mainstream. He had everybody. Everybody wanted to give him the platform because they knew if he was there, they're going to get what? Millions of eyeballs. Okay. He hasn't tweeted yet. 
His first tweet will be the most liked tweet ever, but he hasn't tweeted yet. He's still doing Truth Social because he's driving the value of that company. He can't do that strategy long. Facebook is back. Instagram is back. He's going to have to use those things. Um, if Fox is not platforming him regularly, if he's not going after them, and Fox, quite frankly, doesn't care, doesn't act like they care right now, who else does he have? Because you need someone from mainstream. You need someone from social media. You need someone from business. Schwartzman is now saying they're going to support DeSantis, and he, Schwartzman was a big – that's the was part that, that he rock? can't – yeah, he can't – you can't lose those things. So, by the way, I'll give you guys another crazy number here. Do you know how much – since Trump announced his uh, candidacy, he announced it in November, right? When did he announce it? He announced it uh, late October that yeah. he's running for office. Who, when, was, when was it when he announced uh, when he's right running? Right around that time, correct. Was it late October? In 2022, from the moment he announced that he's running for office, he raised $9.6 million in 2022 alone. Now, to be fair, he didn't campaign at all. So it's not like he was campaigning. He just raised $9.6 million. Do you know how much Ron raised just running for governor in 2022? Do you guys know the number? $211 million, one state governor. That's real money, okay? Say whatever you want to say. This guy's getting $2.5 million checks right now to support him. Mm-hmm. So, Why do you this, think that is, though? But what the point, all I'm saying to you is, you know, uh, the, the art of raising money is something not a lot of people can do. If you raise a million, uh, raise, mayor is what? Mayor, you need like a, you know, depending on the city you are, Congress, you know, some of the cities in Atlanta, uh, Georgia, that were fighting the budgets for like 100 million, 50 million. Remember that, how big it got for some of these cities. But if you're raising 210, Jeb Bush had the last name of Bush. He was a two term governor. When he ran for president, he raised only 140 for president. And his father's a president. His grandfather's, I mean, you know, his brother's a president. His grandfather was Senator Prescott. You started with 140. Bro, DeSantis raised 210.9. You have to pay attention to this part, and people vote with their money. Yep. Every time you want to know like how we vote, the way people go vote at Starbucks versus, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, Coffee Bean, you're voting with your money. If you go buy Ford over Chrysler, that's a, fo- that's a form of a vote that we're putting in place, right? So now, this doesn't mean anything if Trump starts doing his rallies and he starts creating momentum and he goes on Twitter, and he starts being active on Facebook and Instagram, he's capable of raising the money. Now, some will say what? The, 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 the difference is what? Who needs the money? Who doesn't need the money? Who doesn't need the money? Trump, Trump doesn't need the money. DeSantis needs to raise the money. So that's the part where he's like, well, unlike him, I don't need people's money. He's bought. That's what Trump's going to say. Gotcha. Trump's going to come and say, because that's his position. He's going to say, well, yeah, of course he's raised that kind of money. You know who's giving them the money? This person, that person, this person, that person, this person. He's the institution. He's the establishment. Mm-hmm. He has to do all these favors for them. So you just have to know this is what we're going to be hearing the next 12, 18 months, them going back and forth. And the, vo- the votes, the, the American people are going to make a decision, and they're going to say, I'm going to go this way or that way. But I th- You know, that's, that's such great analysis, and that's a really good point that uh, Patrick Bet David made just there. And uh, that is going to be the play. Um, let's take a listen to this one other clip. If it's pure strategy, how did DeSantis go from winning by only 34,000 votes to winning one and a half million votes in the great state of Florida? How did he do it? Did, did he do it because he only went to Republican counties? Did he do it because he only went to Republican cities? Or did he do it because he won Miami-Dade? How did he do it? 
He, he's the greatest governor we have right now in America because he went and won people over. Dinner's being had. We're having lunch at the house. What did uh, Mikey said? He says they're having dinner with a guy who's a liberal, hardcore liberal. He says when they asked him the question about DeSantis, he says, what do you mean DeSantis? He says the best governor. Yeah. He says he's a Republican. He says we don't look at our uh, uh, governor as a Republican. He's just a great governor, and we want to keep him here, and they'd love to vote for him as a liberal. Yep. This guy converted people. So watch this. Strategically, strategically, not going help the Republicans strategically. Yeah. You mean to tell me you're not going? Guess what, Pete? Here's what's going to happen when foreign affair issues comes up. They're going to bring one question for you. You're done. All they're going to say is, hey, so how would you handle the issue there? And then the. So there's the there's a great point there that explains the poll is that DeSantis is appealing to some centrist Democrats where Trump can never, ever get that vote in part because if you're a centrist Democrat, you can't, if you say you voted for Trump, you're going to lose all your friends who happen to be liberals. You're going to lose your friends. It's just too, too you know, for, for um, people that aren't cor- courageous, they, they um, or people who are afraid to lose their friends, um, they can't get around to saying Trump, but they can get around to saying DeSantis. One's more palatable than the other. That's uh, sort of like, I think, what where that is there. That's just my guess. But we're going to go ahead and take a call. Caller, you're on the air. Oh, hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. I just had a question. How much of that uh, money that DeSantis is getting is from Soros? Because, you know, he said he was going to fund him. Well, there's so, no doubt about it. And that's, that's the other part is, see, Trump is going to basically say, well, who's he owe? You know, who is he going to have to pay back? And again, you know, Paul Ryan sold a good game until, you know, we found out that Paul Ryan was a fraud. And Fox News is endorsing, you know, is basically endorsed uh, through their words, endorsed um, DeSantis. And Paul Ryan is really the the, the uh, puppet master over there. So, yeah. Um, and Paul Ryan is nothing but a globalist. That's what he is. So... Soros is a globalist, World Economic Forum um, money. The only way you get $211 million is you get it from uh, these globalist big corporations, these bi- this big money. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Scott. So appreciate you. All right. Thank you. All right. Okay, take care. Bye. Oh, that was a nice call. Unexpected. Um, I should have asked where she was from. Uh all right. And in any case, that, that does explain, though, that interactive poll that came out that said Trump beats DeSantis in the Republican Party. But apparently when DeSantis beats Biden and Biden beats Trump in the general poll, same pollster. It must be because he's pulling over that, uh, you know, and I, I made the claim. And when I saw those two polls, I posted a tweet and I said, you know, independents and libertarians need to wake up and they need to do the right thing and stop being pushed around by bullies who, you know, for one reason or another, they don't like Trump. And it's for no real great reason, in my opinion. 
All right. So, you know, you've lost the narrative with regard to the COVID, the, the, the Wuhan thing when you get someone like Samantha Guthrie that says this. What can you tell us, Kelly, about these findings? Right here. To that new intelligence report from the U.S. Energy Department, it suggests COVID-19 likely originated from a laboratory leak in Wuhan, China. NBC's Kelly Kobier. <laughs> so you get when it's being said on CNN and MSNBC, you know, you you've uh, lost the argument and that the conservatives and the people like on this show who basically never, ever once came out with bat stew, never believed that for one moment. Uh, we were always on, this was a bioweapon uh, leak out of Wuhan. The only question was whether it was intentional, whether it was intentional or whether it was by, by accident. The woman that showed up on, on uh, Tucker Carlson's show last night also was on his show on March 2020 saying it was a, la- a lab leak from Wuhan. She said it was intentional. She's actually equivocated her own words and basically started saying something to the effect it um, wasn't as intentional. Um, it was uh, by accident, but then they, uh, China willfully lied and caused, caused the de- great damage. So let's take a listen to this Tucker analysis on this subject. The Wall Street Journal reported the Biden administration has finally concluded that, yes, COVID was not naturally occurring. It didn't emerge organically from a pangolin, whatever that is, at the wet market, whatever that is. No, the virus came from a Chinese military lab where it was created. That's the determination of the Department of Energy based on new intelligence that, of course, everyone already had. Now, we learned this, interestingly, from a newspaper. We did not learn it directly from the Biden administration because Joe Biden hasn't said a word about it. And that's a little odd. A million Americans, they tell us, died of COVID. Close to 7 million died globally. So it's inherently a big story. Now, it is true that the origin of COVID is not directly related to anti-trans racism. So it's not a natural for Joe Biden. He doesn't have his talking points already written. But it might still make for a good topic for, say, a primetime address to the nation. He might mention it to us. He might answer a few other questions while he's at it. For example... Is Joe Biden still sending money to China for biotech research? The administration was actually doing that, sending cash to that same Wuhan lab as recently as last year. Are they still doing that? And bigger picture, have their views on China changed? Now that they know that China is responsible for the deaths of almost 7 million people. Now that we know China unleashed COVID on the world, intentionally or not, and then lied about it for sure, and then put, hid life-saving genetic information about the virus from the scientists who are trying to respond to COVID. Now we know all of that. Does Joe Biden still consider Vladimir Putin, he's so bad, the greatest threat to world peace and stability? It does seem like this story could overturn some of our previous assumptions. Well, Joe Biden's National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, went on CNN yesterday to answer precisely none of these questions. Instead, he told us, we're still not sure where it came from. Watch this. Did the coronavirus pandemic start in a lab? Is that what you believe now? Well, Dana, there is a variety of views in the intelligence community. Some elements of the intelligence community have reached conclusions on one side, some on the other. A number of them have said they just don't have enough information to be sure. And if we gain any further insider information, we will share it with Congress and we will share it with the American people. But right now, there's not a definitive answer that has emerged from the intelligence community on this question. 
We just can't say for sure where COVID came from. There's no consensus. We're still debating it. (laughs) Well, there's never a consensus in Washington about anything, particularly now with the intel agencies. They're lying. We know perfectly well where COVID came from. We've known this for years. In fact, one of the very first things we knew about COVID was that it was an engineered virus that escaped somehow, intentionally or not, from a Chinese military biolab in Wuhan. It was in early March of 2020, three full years ago, at the very beginning, that we did a long open on this show about the Chinese research paper whose authors later disappeared. Now, these Chinese scientific researchers scolded the Chinese government for the lax safety standards that they said allowed COVID to escape and infect the world. This was three years ago. Watch this. In fact, the outbreak may have begun not in a public meat market, but in a poorly run Chinese laboratory. Now, that's not our theory. Anyone who raises that theory on American television is attacked as a conspiracy monger. But this is a theory from a now censored Chinese paper. A draft paper posted in mid-February, scientists at the South China University of Technology suggested that the virus outbreak, coronavirus outbreak, began at the Wuhan Center for Disease Control, where an animal may have infected a researcher who then spread the disease outside the facility. The paper is explicit about this. We're going to quote it. The killer coronavirus probably originated from a laboratory in Wuhan, end quote. So it's not like we did a lot of hard-hitting reporting with our Chinese-speaking staff. That paper was in English on the Internet, and anyone who was interested could have found it. We were just interested. That's why we found it. And then we found someone who was there. We found a Chinese physician, a scientific researcher who worked for the Chinese government, who was in and around Wuhan when COVID emerged from that lab. Her name is Li Mingyan, and we did a bunch of interviews with her. Here's one. From my first report, I can present the solid scientific evidence to our audience that this virus, COVID-19 SARS-CoV-2 virus, actually is not from nature. I work with the top coronavirologists in the world. So together with my experience, I can tell you this is created in the lab. This is from that template owned by China military. And also, it is spread to the world to make such damage. To make such damage. Do you believe the Chinese government released this intentionally, on purpose? Did they do this? Yes, of course, it's intentionally. Wow. Now, we thought that was a story. So there was a physician who worked on coronaviruses for the Chinese military who was in Wuhan telling us in September of 2020 that the Chinese government did this intentionally to wreck the West, to kill people and destroy the economies of its rivals here in the West. Now, if you're a middle-class Christian American, it's hard to imagine that level of malice existing anywhere in the world. You just would never consider doing something like that. But would the Chinese? Are they serious enough? (laughs) Probably. But instead of following up on that, people attacked the woman you just saw, really attacked her, and then attacked us for giving her airtime. Pants on fire, you're lying, said the, quote, fact checkers. But she wasn't lying. And Tony Fauci and many others in the U.S. government knew that she wasn't lying. In fact, they knew the truth about where COVID came from long before the rest of us had even heard the term COVID. In mid-November of 2019, a friendly Asian government, we have learned, sent a cable to American officials 
warning that there was evidence or something strange going on in Wuhan and it looked like a dangerous leak from a bio lab. They knew that. The origins of COVID were never a secret. The real story, the great outrage of this story, is that the people who knew or should have known the truth lied about the truth. Why? To hide the Chinese government's role in mass murder, the killing of almost 7 million people and the destruction of the American economy. That's the interesting part, looking back three years later. From the beginning of the outbreak, the American media, as one, took the side of the Chinese government in this new propaganda war over COVID. And Trump, once again, to his credit, knew. He knew exactly where this came from. He didn't say so directly. He should have. But instead, he alluded to it. He called COVID the China virus. And when he did that, he was over the target. So the Chinese government attacked him. They've learned a thing or two from watching American politics as a, quote, racist. Yeah, xenophobe. And then they went into all that, right? Yeah, Trump's a xenophobe. So, you know, the same people that are bringing you climate, right? Uh, In 1948, when Al Gore was born, Earth had 130,000 glaciers. Today, just 75 years later, only 130,000 glaciers remain. (laughs) That was a pretty funny meme. I want you to listen to this. I wanted to share this with you yesterday, but we ran out of time. Um, This is Milton Freeman talking about why the government is really not capable of spending your money wisely. All right, take a listen. What they have to know is who spends whose money. Consider the following situation. First, you spend your own money. When you spend money, you can spend either your own or somebody else's. You can spend it on yourself or on somebody else. That gives you four sets which are very important to understand. If you spend money on yourself, you're very careful how much you spend, and you're very careful how you spend it. If you spend your money on somebody else, you buy a gift for someone. You're still careful about how much you spend, but you don't pay quite so much attention to how you spend it. And that is a little worse than spending your own money on yourself. But now if you spend somebody else's money on yourself, that's different. Then you don't care how much you spend, but you're very careful that you get as much as you can for what you spend. But then take the fourth of those. When you spend somebody else's money on somebody else. Then you neither give much attention to how much you spend, nor how you spend it, how carefully you spend it. And that fourth situation is government. All government can can do is to take some people's money and spend it on other people. And that is why there is so much waste, so much corruption in in government spending. That was such a brilliant thing. I just needed uh, everybody to hear it. Uh, I just thought it was super important. Um, all right. We already talked about, uh, I think we played yesterday or the, or last week, uh, Tucker, when he was talking about new research reveals 57-fold increase in miscarriages, 38-fold increase in stillbirths and fetal deaths after COVID mRNA jabs. So the same people that were advocating for population decline are advocating for, uh, are pushing the this, this stuff that's causing this. Um, McCullough says, shedding, 
uh, Dr. McCullough says, shedding concerns. It looks like the mRNA is transferring from the vaccinated to the unvaccinated. And could you actually take a vaccine inadvertently through close contact, kissing, sexual contact, and breastfeeding? And McAuliffe says, it looks like the answer is yes. So that's a breach as well. Uh, I want to take a listen to this Trump clip about ESG, these poorly performing woke financial scams. Let's take a listen to this. Social and governance. Right here. Street and employers from pouring your 401ks, pensions, and retirement accounts into so-called ESG or environmental, social, and governance investments for political reasons, strictly for political reasons. These people are sick. These poorly performing woke financial scams are radical left garbage that would never be funded on their own and certainly never be funded on their own merits. The entire ESG scheme is designed to funnel your retirement money to the maniacs on the radical left. The rule we issued under my leadership was the first ESG ban anywhere in the world. And I'm delighted that Republicans in Congress and across the country have been waking up to this threat and following my lead. Unfortunately, Joe Biden gutted my ESG rule, and now his Department of Labor has declared that fund managers can play politics with our seniors, hard-earned savings, and play it they are. Biden has already crushed your 401ks. If you take a look at the 401ks, when I was there, they were going like a rocket ship straight up, and now they're going like that rocket ship is crashing. But pensions and retirement accounts with his radicalism and incompetence, they're going down and they're going down big, and it's nobody's seen anything like it. With his action and with this action, he's trying to use your money to fund fringe left-wing causes at your expense. You're paying the price for all of this, and it's destroying our country beside. When I'm back in the White House, I will sign an executive order, and with Congress's support, a law to keep politics away from America's retirement accounts forever. I will demand that funds invest your money to help you, not them, but to help you, not to help the radical left communists, because that's exactly what we are. I will once again protect our seniors, just like I did before, from the woke left. And the woke left is bad news. They destroy countries. Thank you very much. That they do. And uh, Trump has also this uh, this um, new uh, agenda. We're going to take a quick listen to a little bit of this. Joe Biden claims to support American manufacturing, but in reality, he's pushing the same pro-China globalist agenda that ripped the industrial heart out of our country. It ripped us apart. Biden and the globalists support raising taxes on American production. They support more crippling regulations killing American jobs. They support skyrocketing domestic energy costs. And they support massive anti-American multinational agreements that send our wealth and factories overseas. And that's exactly what we've been saying. And he has a five-minute clip. I posted it up, uh, came from... A really great article by the conservative treehouse um, that I recommend that you check out. It's called The Golden Arrow. President Trump announced Economic Agenda 47, which includes universal baseline tariffs. 
that's a, that's a good one right there. Um, then he's calling it economic agenda 47. It's a big deal. Um, so I posted it up on my Twitter feed. You can find me at twitter.com slash Scott Adams show, or just search for Scott Adams show over on Twitter. And there you'll find it. Couple more things. Um, there's a whole thread that's posted up on my social media talking about Echo Health Alliance and President Peter Dayzak, uh, who's the father of COVID. And, you know, of course, Fauci financed Dayzak. And uh, I actually know a person that knows Dayzak pretty well, worked for him. Um, and uh, I've heard some inside private stories that uh, would blow your mind, honestly. Um, just crazy, crazy stuff. Okay. Getting to Arizona really quick. I want to play a couple of clips that I can afford to play in terms of time, um, about this cartel, but let's just take a listen to, um, this particular clip here. We have heard, okay, that the the statistical improbabilities of an improbable, thank you, outcome with respect to the November 2020 election. Let's look at Andre Fontes and Stephen Riker for the Maricopa County Recorder. Riker's run was statistically impossible. To win... Are are you referring to Stephen Richer? Richer, sorry. My apologies. Um, Fontes is a Democrat and was the incumbent. Percentages for Biden, Biden, Sinema, and Kelly ran up, ran up at approximately a 2.5% margin in the county against all their, their, against their opponents. Richer won by approximately 6,000 votes. This means that 50,000 individuals who voted for the Democratic ticket across the board had to choose the Republican candidate for recorder against an incumbent who never suffered a scandal. Never happened. This was a planned loss. Hobbs would receive the Democratic nomination for governor and Fontes would run for Secretary of State to replace Hobbs. The strategy appeared to have been planned. I have shown you that both Hobbs and Fontes have what we call Britney deeds, evidencing a strong likelihood that they are bribed recipients. We- so according to, Kay, uh, to Carrie Lake, uh, we're going to be, um, once we have more time, we're going to be playing um, some more. We're going to address this Arizona thing tomorrow on the show. We didn't have as much time today to cover that as we wanted to. But we're going to cover it in greater detail tomorrow. We have a lot of really great sound bites uh, related to the Arizona corruption, and we're going to get into that. But for now, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Scott Adams Show. And be sure to uh, pay a visit over to magapac.org, magapac.org, to find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. Make a donation if you can, and use Red State as your promo code over at mypillow.com. And for the latest podcast, go to scottadamshow.com. We'll see you next time on the radio.